just so you know, I'm. Welcome, everyone, to a very sleep-deprived edition of Dimes and Dozens. Um, at least for me, I think Tolliver actually is just has sleepy energy, but he did get a good night's sleep, allegedly. I, on the other hand, did not get a good night's sleep. I, so. I'm, it's not that I have sleepy energy. I'm just in a new setting, and there are new roommates here, and I just... I don't want to disturb the whole house with my laughing because usually you know I'd be cackling at this point. Right, I'd it's like a like, blessing in disguise because you won't, you won't scream. <laughs> yeah, I can't do it. Anyway. I don't have it in me to scream here, so you all are very lucky. You're welcome. First right. off, yeah, thank you so yeah. much. Um, so an interesting plot twist this week. Uh, am I a baseball person nice. now? I don't. I don't know. I have drank the. I've drank. Is that the right conjugation? Drunk. I have. I have drunked, I have drunketh mm-hmm. the Kool-Aid, the baseball Kool-Aid. You know, I was feeling quite uh, sports deprived after that respective NBA and WNBA seasons ended and the Dodgers, you know, the home team here, the, the scrappy little like underdog home team, oh. <laughs> LOL, from LA where I live, you know, obviously made it to the World Series. So I've been following along with them and it's fun. It's really fun. Yeah. I'm surprised. I never fancied myself a baseball girl, but um, I've been really enjoying it. Have you been watching any of that? Absolutely not. But you know what? Every season <laughs> I get swept up, except for this in the panel, but every season I get swept up in this because the Dodgers are always like close to the series They're always in the or World in the series. World Series, like literally since I've been <laughs> they just in LA. Don't win. Yeah. Um, they haven't won the World Series since 88, which is crazy because that I was born in 89, which means like in my entire lifetime, the Dodgers have never won the World Series. But they, I was trying to think of like an NBA comp to this. And I was thinking maybe the Rockets. Not to say that the Rockets are like the Dodgers, because I think that the Rockets aren't very lovable as a team. And I think the Dodgers are actually like they have a lot of personalities you can kind of grab onto. Yeah. But something similar in the sense of like a team that's been reliably very good consistently mm-hmm. for a long time, but hasn't. Has one it's, it you know blows I mean? my mind every season dave roberts just really humiliates himself and makes me wonder like why i bandwagoned um yeah but i get it every season yeah. i get really excited for clayton kershaw and i think he's gonna win a t- you know fucking world series and it just doesn't happen and then some of my favorite players leave and i'm like i why am i in this you know cycle of abuse so they got someone named Mookie Betts this year. I say someone named Mookie <laughs> Betts, like because I'm imagining I'm talking to someone like myself who doesn't know anything correct. about baseball. If you're listening to this, I'm sure you're like, you know, turning over in your proverbial grave with how s- stupid we are about baseball. But if you <laughs> if you know it, but Mookie Betts is like incredible. Yeah. He's like, I I don't know what what a good comp in NBA maybe like a Jimmy Butler maybe even better. You know what? Um, the the name just like Mookie fun. the name Mookie Betts sounds like if you're if you're in high school I used to read books about basketball it seems like it sounds like a 1970s like NBA <laughs> yeah, player. exactly like Mookie Betts you know like he's up you know. he was Bill Russell's number one exactly rival. yeah that's the, the weird white kid from Schenectady <laughs> who is randomly seven feet tall and had a crazy jump shot oh, God. he is not a seven foot tall white guy I think he's actually like five eight. Um, but he's amazing. He's like amazing on defense, amazing on offense, like just a crazy and he's so much fun and he seems so just like delightful as a person. Anyway, not to get on too big of a baseball tangent, but 
Um, la- I bring this up to say that last night, um, taping this on a Sunday, so Saturday night, uh, Dodgers looked like it was a crazy game. I mean, everyone who I was sort of following along on Twitter and everyone who knows baseball was saying, like, this is one of the craziest games I've ever seen. Because I'm like, I have no point of reference, right. right? So I'm like, this is one of the craziest games I've ever seen, but I can count the number of baseball games I've seen. <laughs> so like, um, but they were like, yeah, this is so crazy. There was a million lead changes, which I feel like is pretty uncommon in baseball because people just don't score that many points in baseball. You yeah. know, like they're, they're a run is not like a yeah, point. Yeah, you literally just said score right? that many like, points. That's that's already sacrilege right there. That's sacrilege. You don't score that many runs yeah. in in baseball. So the lead change thing doesn't happen as often, obviously, as it does in the NBA. But um, so it was really exciting. But the Dodgers, you know, they were up by one run, excuse me, um, going into the ninth inning, mm-hmm. which for those of you following along who don't know baseball, the, <laughs> the ninth inning. inning. <laughs> okay, got it. <laughs> Um, I'm just kidding. Everyone knows that. Uh, but anyway, they were up by one run and the, basically, uh, the other team, the Rays got a bunch of people on base and there was just a comedy of errors of execution of defense by the Dodgers. Like the guy in the outfield who was supposed to catch, you know, the hit, he dropped it Mm -hmm. and then he got kind of confused about where to throw it. And then he threw it to the catcher because there was someone they already scored one run to tie the game. Right. right? It seemed like it was going to go into extra innings. And then this other dude runs up and is like about to run. And then he's like, oh, no, the ball's getting thrown to the catcher. I'm going to run back to third base. And then the catcher just like wasn't really looking at the ball. I don't know exactly what happened, but it just sort of flew out of his hands (laughs) and behind him. And literally the, the runner um, Arosa Reyna was the, was the guy running for the Rays. Looked and was like in disbelief. Like, wait, he just dropped that. I can yeah, go exactly. And he just ran and won the game. Yeah. And it was like, see, so batshit. This <laughs> is exactly batshit. Bat I see what you did there. Um, <laughs> yeah. This is exactly what I'm talking about. See, this is why this is why I wasn't watching because it's always some shit. It's always something weird. It's always some well, shit. Some weird thing always happens. Um, it's as someone who spent many years following the Timberwolves, this yes. feeling felt very familiar to me. This feeling of like, wait, are they actually going oh, to? No, of course oh, not. Of course not. Of course not. Of course not. Not going to happen. Um, but I think I still think it's their year. I'm still pulling for the Dodgers. They're they're just they seem way more talent. Like they have way more talent than the other team, yeah. and and by all accounts, they should win this series. So I'm still gonna I'm still pulling for them. Yeah. By the time this airs. I'll either sound smart or not smart because there's another game before before this podcast comes out. But um, but yeah, it's been I've been, you know, I got really sucked in and I'm like, I am I going to start watching baseball? I really don't don't think I will. I don't think I will. I think there's like I I, I'm sort of at maximum with how much of my free time I can spend watching sports during the regular season. I I will say um, living in L.A., it's nice because the Dodgers are always in the race. Right. I'm from Chicago and Chicago Cubs and White Sox. Disastrous every single season, except for the, you know, respective seasons. They won titles in the last 100 plus years. Um, they're always like, well, the Cubs, the Cubs winning is actually what created the tear in the simulation exactly. that brought us the hellscape that we currently yeah. reside yeah, in. Yeah, Like it gave me acne, oh. you know, <laughs> I mean, the Cubs won and then immediately like Trump got elected, yeah, exactly. the world just fell into a state of decay. Yeah. So, I used yeah. To, so yeah, Chicago baseball. I first. used to be a huge baseball fan. I know we're, you know, moving on at some point soon here, but like I used to live and die for baseball. Like when I was a kid, 
Really? I would like my poor mother suffered because I'd be like, Mom, get me Sammy Sosa stuff. And like I was just like, Oh my God, Sammy Sosa. I was obsessed with Sammy Sosa. He was my favorite person on earth. And I just, I love the White Sox. I just loved everything baseball in Chicago. I would like run home to watch games and listen to them in the car during church. That's amazing. And now you're such a hater. And now I just like, like the White Sox won when I was in college or something like that. And then I just was like, I got what I wanted. And then I just stopped paying attention. (laughs) You're like a fuck boy. You're like, All right, I got her to smash. (laughs) Now I'm going to leave. That's exactly what I am. Um, you're such a baseball fan. I mean, fun. I was raised in New York City. I was raised as a Mets fan. Yikes. So an interesting thing about being raised as a Mets fan is that it's actually really good preparation for life <laughs> because it teaches you pain and disappointment, yeah. which are the two main pillars of adulthood. <laughs> um, so that was that was clutch of my mom to introduce those <laughs> concepts to me from from birth. Clutch sports. Yeah. Um, very, very, Hey, we will talk Look about sports shortly, but, um, but yeah, so grew up as a Mets fan. And the only cool thing about growing up as a Mets fan was that, you know, I, I'm as old as dirt. So the subway series in the year 2000, I was still back in New York for that. And the subway series for those mm-hmm. of you who don't know is when it, the world series was the two New York teams. So it was the Mets versus the Yankees in the world series. And all of New York was like, Mets or Yankees. It was it was crazy. Like every single storefront, every everything, every person. It was like you either had Yankees gear or Mets gear. And of course, the Mets lost the World yes, Series to the naturally. Yankees. Um, but yeah, that was like the Mike Piazza era of the Mets. I don't know if you remember yeah, I was, that. Yeah, it's the only era of the Mets that I know about. Yeah, I mean, so I I stopped following baseball like as you know, when I moved out of my mom's house, basically, like as an adult. Um, But I was raised a Mets fan. And I do think that it informed who I am today, which is somebody with um, very cautious optimism about things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because I've been hurt. And I think that Dodgers fans can relate to that, too. It's like, if you've been burned enough times, like even when they're like, I'm sure even when it's like the eighth inning of game seven, and if even if the Dodgers are up by like, 10 runs or something like they're they're going to be holding their breath until the last second yeah that's just what it's like when you follow a sports team that only hurts you. exactly i mean that's just like <laughs> what it's about i don't know but that's that's it's all about pain <laughs> sports are pain life is pain we're used to it you get it um so you mentioned clutch I sure did. and i should have just taken that opportunity to transition to the next Kinda topic because that yeah. was a beautiful transition but i had to just wax poetic about the Mets a little longer. Um, so NBA agents are a bunch of little bitches is yes, what we've learned this totally. week. Um, there was like an anonymous agent survey um, transitioning back to the sport that actually that holds my love, heart, yeah. basketball. Um, there was an anonymous agent survey where they asked a, a bunch of NBA agents a bunch of questions about the state of the league and how they feel about you know playing in a bubble again and all of these things. Um, but you know, as is the nature with anonymous things, uh, it gives up people an opportunity to be a little, be a little mm. bitch. So a bunch of agents, there was a, a few very flowery statements about, you know, how clutch sports is bad for players, but no one will call them out on it and how they are manipulating players by using LeBron to right. like, you know, coerce them. I mean, etc. And <laughs> And I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it, but my personal opinion on the matter is that, um, you know, people 
this is just what's done, right? So every agent from the, since the dawn of time has had a star player exactly. that has been the attractive thing on their roster. Um, I think people are just really salty that Rich Paul, like, um, you know, came up from from nothing and worked his way to the top and is now dominating this very white, very like white collar industry. And he's killing it. And I think that they're pissed about that. And Clutch is absolutely dominating, you know, the NBA right now. Um, And he's busted his ass and and gotten to the top. And I think people are very salty about that. Um, And I, yeah, and I think, I think it's, to me, it feels like very rooted in racism. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know if that's reading too much into it, but that's 100% my interpretation. Yeah, so just I'm when, I'm, to hear your when I'm thinking of um, agents, the image I have is Ari, you know, from Entourage. Right. Yeah, Ari's the one who wrote that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Sure. And they all, yeah, everything reads like something Ari would say. So, quote, right. terrific player, but an insatiable ego. He's done some things good societally. I think that's important. He puts his money where his mouth is, but his mouth is everywhere. I was like, yo, <laughs> like... That has big stick to sports energy. Absolutely. You know, and it's like, I, I, you know, full wholeheartedly agree with you. I mean, Rich Paul, I think is probably somebody with a little bit of ego, probably somebody who talks a lot, you know, and is. Yeah. He probably has Ari vibes too, but that's what it is. That's the nature of the beast. I mean, like agents, agents are known for being kind of, you know, smarmy, like sleazy, like that's just what they do. And they're just pissed that there's somebody who's not like from their pedigree that's doing do, playing the game better than they do yeah. you know i mean anytime a so, black man is making his shit. money i'm i'm pretty happy you know right i'm like yeah go dominate all of these fucking dudes that went to like i don't know like you pet or whatever the fuck like, where do agents go i don't know where do agents straight go? to hell That's i know that question yeah <laughs> i know where they go after the fact <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> um yeah no i just thought it was like preposterous and uh and it, it's i think that you know whenever you give someone an anonymous platform to complain like obviously it's always gonna be pretty cringy mm-hmm. uh but but i do think that the way that everyone talks about rich paul in general has always sort of reeked of like ve- very thinly veiled racism to me and yeah. you know it's tough shit man that's the thing tough that's the thing about white people is they always think that like we can't tell what they're saying right. is like a, a dog whistle or something like that but, like oh you think you're slick yeah exactly like they're like yeah 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 we love that he's been great on social justice issues but i'm like there it is right there but what a big mouth on that yeah, guy like, am i right so like right there alone we already know what you're saying shut up and right yeah, yeah we know exactly what it's you're like, saying no one is fooled by this <laughs> it's like it's cool that he talks but his grammar though <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know exactly <laughs> Yeah, no, fuck that shit. Yeah. I mean, whatever. And Rich Paul, the cool thing about this is that like Rich Paul can read this stuff and be like, oh, cool. So you guys are a bunch of assholes mm. and I'm going to continue absolutely dominating your career path. Yep. So yeah, good for him. And like he has the he's not only does he have the best player on the planet on his roster, but it's like his partner. You know what I mean? Like they came up together. So yeah. that's you would be insane to not use that to your benefit i mean n- none of those agents who are complaining about it wouldn't do the exactly. exact same thing if that was at their disposal and like you're saying like this is not the first time this has happened of course it's that you know it's like right. i don't want to say like a not even a monopoly but it's, you know obviously there's going to be people who consolidate power and it's completely fine right. in this context you know it's better than right. the rest of america you know where like monsanto i guess controls everything you know i sound like i don't know right. what i'm talking about um Clear channel. But it's just yeah, well, clear channel. Also, yeah, 
So it's like um, I don't also know. the other thing is that like that one of their complaints was that they screwed over other other people on his roster to, to benefit LeBron or to benefit some of the bigger well, players. Duh. And it's like, well, yeah, A duh. And B, like, no agent is gonna like, you know, get the big prize for everybody on their roster. Like I challenge any of these anonymous cowards to show everyone on their roster and say like oh are all of your clients perfectly content and happy with you like out right. every single one of them because as a musician who also has an agent yeah. i can say that i've spent more time complaining about my agent than i have praising them and i don't know anyone who for who has a different relationship with their representatives yeah like, exactly i was literally just last night talking shit and i know my manager won't listen i love okay i love my manager he's great uh but talking about how you know how different we are how you know i sing r&b and he's this like punk guy and whatever literally all musicians do is complain about this. yeah exactly that's all we do that's all we do it's all we and, do is complain you know and we're not even bringing in a ton of money imagine if there were like these huge stakes of course there's gonna be all kinds of shit getting talked right so it's like oh you think your clients don't talk shit about you yeah well, um, rude awakening for you buddy I, I swear i don't want to derail this conversation but i'm literally on like lakersdaily.com and i'm seeing some wild rumors and i just wish so badly that we had the time to talk about how for example Kyle Kuzma and Danny Green are too much to give up for Victor Oladipo. I wish I could what? just spend my life talking about that topic. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, we can pivot to that because we only have one one more NBA topic yeah. to cover today. So 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 rattle off some of these rumors. Let's see. Let's see if we think there's any validity. OK. Lakers coach says every team, quote, wanted Alex Caruso during trade talks. Listen, every, every team? team. That's every a team. Um, OK, that doesn't seem hyperbolic <laughs> at all. It's definitely it's definitely one hundred percent true that every single team in the NBA, every single Alex team, Caruso. like just clamoring, chomping at the bit. The oh my god, I don't know. Probably the Bulls want him to start. Yeah, definitely. The Heat were like, he's got Heat culture written all <laughs> yeah, over him. Yeah, that's true though. What do we have to give up? What here? Take, take Jimmy, Jimmy Butler. Butler. Take him away. Take him. Um. Yeah. We want that office space extra looking man on our team, and we want him now. <laughs> so that stuns me, and it uh, excites me to no end to think that everybody's trying to like pick up Popeye the Sailor Man to, to be their fucking sixth man or whatever. How many different ways can we fucking disrespect <laughs> this man on one podcast? He's doing great. Everybody. In- I mean, we say it with love, yeah, exactly. right? We say it with love. We love Alex him. Crusoe. I don't think the Lakers. I mean, no, that's not true. They definitely would have won the championship without him, but they would not have had. And as easy a path to the championship without him because there were many times in the postseason where he was, you know, the the clutch mm-hmm. dude on the on the court, but without like besides LeBron and AD, obviously. So yeah. there was like because some games some games it was Rondo, some games it was KCP, and some nights it was Alex Caruso. So I definitely you know want to give him the credit that he's doing, yeah. but that seems. That seems a little hyperbolic to me. All right, what other okay. what other rumors we so got? So then we have, like I said earlier, Kyle Kuzma and Danny Green believed to be too much to give up for Victor Oladipo, which I had heard. I think I heard that a couple days ago. That's insane. It was like Kyle Kuzma, Danny Green, and somebody else in the package or something like that. I don't know. If you could convince someone to take Kyle Kuzma and Danny Green away, <laughs> just to take them yeah. away and leave you with, like, cap space, yeah. you would do that in a heartbeat. Like, yeah. Victor Oladipo is a great like return for those two are you kidding me that's insane who did danny green write that (laughs) yeah exactly signed dg and we're like who could that be um (laughs) anonymous it's like it's like uh danny green fan six four three two one (laughs) that's an insane amount to give up for danny green he's so he's dope he redeemed himself in game six yeah exactly 
for 20 minutes. Because you know that uh, KCP has a burner, right? Was it KCP? Yeah. Oh, no, I didn't know that. That's amazing. NBA Twitter believes they found KCP's burner account. Is KCP defending himself on Twitter with a burner account? And then it's like, okay, so the the account name is at Tan5087924. (laughs) And he like quote tweets, Someone named Mike Trudell at Lakers Reporter said, huge game from at Caldwell Pope, bouncing back from his game one shooting struggles to hit four threes in his six attempts from distance in game two. And then at Tan5087924 said, and I got a feeling KCP isn't done yet. (laughs) Then there's another tweet. My boy KCP going to turn it around next game. He's been down before, but turned it around when we needed him most. Have faith in him. Lakers in five. Take it to the bank. Yo. And then, like, people just respond to, to these tweets, like, at KCP. It's like, you were dog shit horrible tonight. God, I can keep it real with you. <laughs> like, okay, but then I remember seeing this account. I was like, I remember seeing this article, and because it's from August, and being like, I don't know. But then when the Lakers won, it was like, the job is done, or like yeah. something like that, like some sort of like affirmative thing. And I'm just like, oh my God, KCP, that was this you. Is, it's so embarrassing. It's that like a Scooby Doo villain. You know what I'm saying? It's like so obviously it really unmasked. Is. It's so, it's cool because it's like Kevin Durant got exactly. busted with a burner too. Yeah, and it's famously. like, it just honestly makes me sad that these dudes who are like among the best in the world at what they do, making millions of dollars feel the need to like defend themselves against like Joe Schmo in his mom's yeah, basement. I do not understand. And be like, I am worth something. And it's like, dude, yes, duh. Yeah. Yes. It, like you're amazing at what you do. You're you've made it to the highest echelon of talent in the world at what you do. You're filthy rich. Like you don't need a burner. Yeah. Like go live your best life. Like I guarantee Alex Caruso is not gonna be like tweeting at dimes and dozens from his burner account <laughs> like how dare they i mean you say that now you say i you know what what an, we don't know how petty he is on what the an low. honor it would be if he did um oh my god that would be such an honor if an nba player burner account defended themselves against our slander what would your burner account name be if i had yeah. one claire's a fucking babe <laughs> seven five seven <laughs> No, I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't do a burner because sometimes I just defend myself on my real live account. Yeah, that's true. I've, I've seen. It I don't. I don't have enough pride for a burner. Yeah. I would be like tall shroom <laughs> guy. Tall shroom guy. Um, and then it has to have like eight million numbers at the end of it. Yeah, tall shroom guy, eighty six, sixty nine, sixty nine, sixty nine. <laughs> I would have been. I'd be like Tolliver, dead giveaway. Dead giveaway. Got it. <laughs> That's definitely Dolphin. <laughs> like no no tweets necessary. I know it's him. Sixty nine three times in a row. Tolliver. We should sure. go on a game show where it's like you know you have to list facts about your friend whether or not they're true or false or something like that. I feel like you would crush yeah. that on my end. <laughs> Has had sex in public. <laughs> yes. Ding 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 ding. 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 I have an answer. I have an answer. <laughs> what is? <laughs> um. Okay. Oh. Okay. Well. Do we, uh, do we have time to rumor? get through a couple more of these? Yeah. Please. Okay. Beautiful. Um. So the one that hurt my heart the most, which was Derek Rose, more likely to make deal with Lakers than ever before. First off, no, that's not going to happen. I, I, I don't think it's I, that, there's some truth to that rumor. I've heard but, that. Rumor well, well, OK, so the thing that really kind of hurt me is that Derek Rose's wife um, laugh react or sent like five laugh emojis on a post about that. And I was like, I feel like that's the dead giveaway that it is really? happening. I yeah, because like, I feel like it's overcompensating. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's. Literally, I would rather have that than achieve my dreams. You know, 
I would rather. <laughs> you're a you're a big Derek Rose apologist. I'm oh, not I a keep fan. forgetting. Right, shit, damn it. It's okay. I mean, I think you know if we were gonna eliminate every vaguely problematic person yeah. that could be associated with the Lakers or any team, we wouldn't have very many people on teams. Yeah, lots of people have sorted pasts. But, yeah, well, real talk. I um, literally. This is about to get serious, but I literally because I I keep forgetting that this happened, and then I was like last month I was like let me actually read the details of what happened. I was like oh holy shit, yeah it's you know what I'm saying. I always thought it was like oh it was this situation that wasn't clear, wasn't clear, and then I read it and I was like okay this is pretty clear, pretty clear, yeah exactly. It's pretty the the part that wasn't clear was when he was like "Uh, I don't know the definition of consent, yeah, (laughs) and you're just like you should learn that (laughs) as an adult, so (laughs) you should know what that means. So that um, rumor. So yeah, I'm. I'm not pro. I'm not pro. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then, Jerry and then, because I, you know, I'm a guy, I get to just dismiss that entirely from my brain yeah, and be like, yeah, well, okay, cool, Derek. You know, it's crazy. It's inconvenient for me to know this. Yeah, exactly. And my brain's just like, can you get rid of that? Thanks. We all do that to some degree, though. Like we all sort of we we make room for however much our psyches can accommodate as far as knowing shitty things about the world, and then when it goes over that certain threshold, we just stop and taking right, information. Yeah. That's why, like, you know, horrible atrocities can be happening, like, in the far reaches of the of the planet and doesn't hit, you know, it doesn't hit us emotionally the same way it would if it was here because there's just only so much, like, you know, um, our capacity for empathy, empathy does have, like, a, a certain outer limit for, like, survival. Yeah, you know what totally. I mean? Because if you tried to intake, like, all of the horrible things happening in the world all at once, it would eat you alive. Yeah. So all that is to say that, both of us are going to have to pretend that nothing ever happened. I guess a uh, rod on the pistons, you know? Um, and then. Oh, man. I hope he doesn't come here, though. I really. Yeah. I mean, he's. Yeah. Last thing. Um, this okay. one isn't like a rumor or anything, but you probably saw this Shaq talking shit about Dwight Howard. Yes. Oh, my, let's talk yeah. about that because Shaq. <laughs> it's really funny because I remember before we started doing this podcast, when we were taping like test episodes for it, we were talking about. Shaq challenging Damian Lillard to a rap battle. <laughs> yes. I just feel like I don't understand. Like if I had more money than God. Yeah. And I was, you know, in the Hall of Fame, like just sort of generally regarded as one of the greatest players of all time. I would simply rest on my laurels and be a delightful person. Yeah. And, and a, a ba- banish drama from my life and just go to bed <sighs> on a pile of millions of dollars every night yeah. and sleep like a baby but Chuck just needs drama he's a messy bitch who lives for drama <laughs> and i just like he's like oh do i like you know i don't even think he named names he was just like there's p- people on their instagrams like giving all these speeches and it's like you should just sit down because you didn't do anything i'm gonna defend dwight real quick besides besides the defense which is that why are you why do you need drama so much yeah. bro? Besides that defense, because that's the main defense. The other defense is, if we're actually talking about what he's actually saying, the Lakers might not have made it to the finals without Dwight. Like, sure, he didn't play in the finals, but he was really important for a couple of those playoff series. Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously not so much on the Rockets series because he didn't play because they were doing small ball. Mm -hmm, Exactly. But Dwight was really important. And more importantly, he was really key all year long for them. He played amazing and he was a lot of he was a big part of of sort of to me watching them build that culture of giving it 110 percent every game even in the regular season which I think is something that momentum and that sort of like team chemistry was really important for them in the playoffs 
Um, and Dwight was a huge part of that. So yeah, you're not going to be crucial every series and maybe that series is the finals and that's fine but he's still a big part of how they got there and he deserves to feel proud of absolutely that. And, it, and it's so wild to like at this point in Dwight's career for you know Shaq to be picking on low-hanging fruit right like you know somebody who I mean Dwight doesn't need me to defend him in, in some kind of way and he can defend himself right. I guess but you know he's not he's not you know the perennial all-star he once was so it's just like he already feels this Shaq like I'm sure he's already like you know I wish I got more tick I wish I was you know more of a valuable part of the team going into the the home stretch or whatever he had to really humble himself in order to succeed on that team and then to sort of take someone and be like your role was minimal you shouldn't feel proud that's what he should feel proud of is the fact that he was able to check his ego step into a smaller role than he's used to and absolutely kill it that's definitely something to be proud of. And uh, not to get messy, but Shaq didn't do a great job of that later in his career mm-hmm. when his role was starting to be minimized and he couldn't be the number one option anymore. Yeah. He didn't adjust to that very exactly. well. So you know what, Shaq? Check yourself before you run. How I beat Shaq. Um, but, you know, I'm just going to continue being very happy for Dwight and yeah, uh, watching absolutely. that video of him in the... It's, that's a beautiful yeah, video. Just telling if you to you're not moved yourself. by that video, like you don't, you're heartless. Yeah, like, like literally, the message from that video was just believe in yourself, even when it seems impossible. And Shaq was like, "I have a bone to pick with that." Shaq's <laughs> <laughs> like, like what "Fuck the off, fuck, dude." Yeah, seriously. Oh man. All right. So one, one more basketball thing to touch on. It's not, um, not a whole lot of meat on this bone, but I do want to know your thoughts. Looks like you know the um, the owners had a, had a meeting with Adam Silver and everything, and it looks like they're deciding that they want to try and come back by Christmas after mm-hmm, all. Yeah. Um. I guess the general. I talked to some people who were like on the Zoom call for the meeting, and they were sort of saying that generally what they were talking about was that originally when they wanted to push the season back, it was because they were aiming to get fans in the building this year, this season, twenty twenty one. And um, they were they wanted to wait until that was possible. But now it's looking like probably that's not going to exactly. happen even this coming season. And so their their ethos was like, well, why push it back if we're not even going to have fans anyway? Mm-hmm. Might as well start it earlier, finish it earlier and then have a normal like have the 21, 22 season. Oh, OK. Running as gotcha. normal, like starting when it normally starts it. Yeah. doing, you know, doing the the draft and everything when it normally happens. Um, I have some thoughts, but I want to hear yours first. I mean, my initial reaction was like, hell no. That sounds like a terrible, terrible idea. You know, the season starting in like two months. And I just, I just, maybe I don't understand being a a player or whatever, but I'm like, if I had just come off the season they just had and like the mental abuse. A full year. Exactly. A full year long season. That's got to, you know, fuck up your brain entirely. Like if I just went through that, I'd be like, can I please just have four months? Can you please just give me that? Right. Um, and I know we all want to mm-hmm. watch basketball, but I don't want to see. I don't want to see LeBron's body break. I want everybody to just, you know, take no, the time yeah, they need all to the injuries that could happen. Hang out with their kids and stuff, you know, <laughs> just like just do your thing. Um, yeah. So my initial reaction was like very poor, and I also I'm just not. I don't care about the timeline that much. I I guess it's important in some way to get it gets back to a sense of normalcy, but you know, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like I for me. Um, I'm, I'm very much in the same boat as you with like two months seems like such a quick turnaround for these guys who just went through so much and who haven't really had a moment to catch their breath. Mm -hmm. Um, 
they basically would have to start training for the season right now, now yeah, exactly. you know, and like have to go into training camp within a month of, of the finals. Seems nuts. Yeah. Um, but also I'm, I've always been team push the season back in general in the calendar. Mm, like yes. I think that it should start on Christmas. Like I think that should be opening day and I think it should go, you know, a little later. And, um, so it doesn't compete as much with other sports mm. and, um, also selfishly so that summer league in Vegas isn't so fucking hot <laughs> if it happened a little later in fall the summer. League. Um, fall league. <sighs> Um, but yeah, like I think that, you know, I, I would definitely not be opposed to it shifting the calendar permanently and having it start, you know, on Christmas. I've always thought that that would be cool. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I just think that even as a basketball fan, like everyone's like, oh, we don't even have to wait very long for it to come back. I'm like, I'm cool waiting a little yeah. bit, like especially as someone who, you know, like us who follow it both for like, you know as media people mm -hmm. or whatever you call having a podcast but like um as people who like really follow yeah. it you know and as fans like i feel like it takes a lot of energy that's the wrong word because it's not like a difficult but it does do, but yeah it, it, of mental energy to like really truly follow yeah. along and like actually stay up to date on what's happening like I wouldn't mind a fucking summer vacation. Like, I'm cool. I'll, I'll take three months. Yeah, give me a break. Three, four months. Um, any chance I get to mention Drag Race, I do. But they, they've realized <laughs> that they've, um, they've got gold on their hands, so they're doing like spinoffs in every country. It's, there's like, it, there's never not Drag Race on. And I got to tell you, yeah, it makes me not like the show as much because it's right. like, oh my god, please give me a break. Like, I'm so tired of caring about this. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, I, I want to miss yeah, it. I want to miss it, please. Yeah. If you love them, let it's them like, go. That's my defense for why I think long distance relationships are actually good, mm -hmm. um, which is like a weird hot take I have. But I think that or maybe not even necessarily long distance relationships, but relationships where you don't see the person every single day, I think are actually good because I think it's really healthy for a relationship to, to miss someone and to and to have because missing someone sort of confronts you with their value right, to you, yeah. you know, in a way that you don't. You just end up taking someone for granted if they're always around. Mm -hmm. Totally. And I found that when I've dated somebody long distance and I only get to see them like several times a month or however however much it shakes out to mm -hmm. be, I appreciate them so much more because I'm I, I miss them and that missing is like it's goes in tandem with appreciation. And I mean, I think you wanna give people a chance to to miss basketball and really appreciate it because we've you know, I mean, we saw how excited we all were for it to come back after like three, four months off. Yeah. I mean, I think that's just a natural reaction. Um, yeah. So, so I don't know how I feel about it coming back early. The other thing I heard that was interesting was that, um, you know, they don't want to lose Christmas as like a, um, like Christmas, right? Christmas games being televised and having that be an NBA thing is not like a guarantee forever if they were to take a Christmas off. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, I heard someone talking about how they feel like football could swoop in and take that spot. Right. And, and then all of a sudden the tradition is that everyone watches football on Christmas Day. And like, you know, that's a, obviously a huge thing for the NBA is to have that yeah. as like a marquee night in the, in the year for them. Mm -hmm. So that might be contributing. I think it's ultimately just like greed and yeah, they're just like they're already losing so much money from not having ticket sales or like we can't exactly. take more than two months off. And that sucks, you know. 
that sucks. It's ultimately a business at the end of the day. It's not like a pro bono thing just for, to bring joy to children. Like it's ultimately <laughs> to make a bunch of rich people way richer. No, it's for the kids. Um, no, they're all going to come back on Christmas Day and it's like all the Black Lives Matter stuff is gone. It's just. Yeah, because Adam Silver's like, I think we've done enough of that. <laughs> I think, I like, think we solved it. I think we solved racism. Yeah. Racism. It's fun. just going to be just Target on every arena. Um, right. And. Uh, I'm not. I'm looking forward to the rampant commercialism and everybody being tired and getting hurt because they didn't have enough time to uh, relax, and then just the breakdowns yeah. and stuff. So that's gonna be great. Here's something interesting that's um, not not from the NBA world. There was some drama on the timeline this week mm-hmm. revolving around Birkin bags, <laughs> which I can't believe we're still talking about Birkin bags in the year of our Lord 2020. Like, I feel like I've been listening to celebrities talk about this stupid fucking $30,000 bag yeah. for like my entire lifetime. <laughs> and I'm so over it. But basically, the the interesting thing to me was not the original drama. The original drama was that Sweetie went on, I think it was like an IG Live and was like, if your man doesn't buy you a Birkin, he's not worth it or something like that. Um, and everyone was like freaking out in the timeline and I kind of sat it out cause I was like, I don't really have a, a vested interest in this. Like she's a rich per- person talking about other rich people. Exactly. She's not yeah. expecting your man who works at McDonald's to buy you a fucking <laughs> bag. Manager, like everyone, no. everyone calm down. Um, but then DJ academics <laughs> had to fucking stick his head in there Actually. because he's just a m- fucking annoying little pest who always starts shit for no reason. Mm. And he said some problematic shit. Shocker. Mm. Um, not shocker. He is always saying problematic <laughs> shit. Yes. And he said, I swear, money bag, yo, slash Ari, little baby, slash Jada, Quavo, slash Sweetie, relationships on Shade Room, got basic broke ass hoes thinking they're supposed to get designer bags <laughs> and cars too. Hell nah. They're rich. You're broke as fuck. And then he said, if your girl can't reciprocate with high price gifts, keep her ass at H&M and Forever 21 where she belongs. Don't introduce her to no designer shit. Jesus. And then he said, he quote tweeted her video and he said, if you believe what she's saying, you're a simp. Uh-huh. I'm rich and I'm not buying a chick shit. Yeah. Let's, and so what a douchebag. Yeah, but um, all of that repulsed but, like, me. It's so repulsive. But like, so first of all, that's like dripping with misogyny. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> in no part of that is he's like, is he like, oh, I value this person and want them to be happy. <laughs> exactly. And therefore it's like some sort of like oh, this is a societal ritual that I refuse to participate in versus like, hey, I have feelings for this person and I care about them and I want to give them a gift to make them exactly. happy. Um, Just insanity. But also like, what is this? This is like, I feel like this is a lasting sort of male like testosterone braggadocio thing of like, I don't have to buy girls anything to get them to like yeah, me. Yeah. And it's like, that seems deeply like Freudian and insecure to yeah. me. Like, what are you trying to prove? Like, okay, cool. You get to be a cheap ass <laughs> and still get girls. Like, congratulations. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. Like, I I don't know. It just seems really weird. It's like, that seems like something you could just as easily not say. <laughs> well, this is academic. You know? And it, yeah, I feel like so much of academics response was just built around him, him getting to say, I'm rich. Like he was like right. the rest of it exactly. was just it like seems so insecure. Yeah, exactly. The rest of it was just window dressing. Then he gets to be like, "Hey, everyone, just so you know, I'm rich." Um, yeah, it's weird to I I I think that um, I mean, people can get whatever they want, but I remember like my mom loving like you know expensive bags and shit as a kid. I'm like I'm kind of shocked that like bags are still the vibe because it seems like such like a granny thing to me. 
Right. Like, yeah. like I got a bag. I'm like, you know, I don't have that much to carry. Also, Birkins are ugly. Yeah, exactly. I'm just going to say it. They're not cute. Yeah. I just. But but no, like the, the academics thing, to me, it's just like, like, I'm not buying anything for anybody because I'm selfish, but I could, though, because I have money. <laughs> that's pathetic. I have money. I could buy them something, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to. Fuck. I'm not going to do it. Also, that's a lie. Someone. You're lying to yourself. Let's be honest here. If right. you're dating somebody, you really care about them and you think they're great or whatever, and blah, blah, blah. You're going to buy stuff because you love them. My response you know? my response was like, <laughs> well, it's really easy not to buy something for a girl when none of the girls want it. Yeah. So <laughs> Got there him. you have it. Problem solved. Got him. <laughs> Got him. Um, yeah, basically, you're a loser, DJ Academics. And I'm, I'm saying that on the record. I think you're a big, big loser. Everyone knows um, that. Okay. And if you're still watching Everyday Struggle, I just don't understand why you're still there. Speaking of losers... <laughs> Um, you're like a new iPhone. <laughs> no, no, you're not a loser. The new iPhone 12 Pro is going to allow you to measure someone's height with your camera instantly. Yes. So, from what I understand from this one random article I saw, um, again, incredible journalistic integrity. <laughs> I did lots of research, mm -hmm. heavy wink. <laughs> um, so not only can you like take a picture of someone and like measure their height, but I think it can also assess a photo of someone and tell you their right, real height. Yeah. And um, boys on Tinder are shaking yeah, right yeah, now. Oh my God. They're holding their fish in their profile photo or whatever is straight. News and, and the fish is just like trembling <laughs> yeah, exactly. in their hands. <laughs> yeah, like he's really five, eight. Um, um, this is a game changer. Yeah, I'm sure it because is. Because yeah. I have a theory. I have a theory that there is no such thing as a, six foot one man this is my theory <laughs> yeah. i think that you're i think that you're either like six two and above or you're like five eleven mm. and i don't think there's an in-between yeah <laughs> i don't believe in six feet and six one <laughs> like those heights are fake they're news fake. they're not real they're not real heights. yeah i just the the sadness of actually being five eleven. like god that would bum me out to no end you know well that's why you never have ever 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 heard a man say he's just 5 edging on six feet yeah Right. Because you're just like, if you, if this is my theory. So I was telling my friend, she was on a dating app and she was like, oh, he's six feet tall. And I was like, no, he's not. <laughs> and she's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, no person who's actually six feet tall would say they were six feet tall on a dating yeah. app. Like they're always going to go a couple inches taller unless they're super tall. And then at that point they don't have a exactly. complex about it and then they'll be true. So any height that's listed above like six, three, six, four is probably accurate. But yeah. anything below that, you have to subtract two inches to get the real height. Yeah, it's That's you know, theory. it's it's wild to me that I mean, it it sucks that you know so much importance is placed on height, especially you know for dudes or whatever. Because I'm sure that's mm -hmm. like I, I'm very lucky. I'm a fucking giant, and I've never had to deal with yeah. this. But I'm sure it's a huge point of insecurity and stuff like that to like, oh, oh no, I'm the same height as her or some shit like that. How tall is DJ Academics? Girl, I, now I'm wondering. No, not that tall. I swear to God, if he's over no. six one, I'm gonna. Five eight. That makes there we go. all the sense in the world. Yeah. Suddenly, all <laughs> so of it I just see. is coming together. Yeah. Um. I was like, wait, like the the little pieces connected in my brain. I was like, yeah. You literally just had a and of course he's beautiful mind moment. He's like you just zoned he's out. He's like my height. That makes perfect yeah. sense. Yeah. DJ Academics. No wonder you're so salty at women. Let me just. I mean, DJ Academics. Um, is not giving the good pipe. I don't know if we're gonna. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I just. Let's just, I feel like I, I'm safe in saying that. He's a target that I'm, I feel safe coming for. But I feel like yeah. DJ Academics is not blowing anyone's back out. How tall, do you, how tall do you think that DJ Academics says that he is? 
Yeah, I think he says five A. If you're five A, you're you're in the height ghetto. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you're you're not getting out of there. <laughs> like no one's gonna um, be like he's actually he five he's nine. Five ten. I think he says he's five ten because I I deeply believe in this rule that all men lie plus two inches until they get to a certain height. Right. That's that's unfortunate because the sight say, test I will ruin say for it everyone anyway. who's like, oh, you're missing out on so many. Because I'm like, I won't date anyone under six feet and. People are like, oh, you're probably missing out on so many nice guys. No, actually, let me correct you on that. I dated someone who was 5'7 when I was in my earlier 20s, and he was a fucking right. asshole. So I am actually don't think I am missing out. I don't think that just all automatically all short guys are so humbled by being <laughs> no, short that they're no. all it's of a sudden like It's very wonderful. much the opposite, probably. It's like, no, most men are trash. And so if you're going to end up with someone who's trash, they might as well they might be, tall. be tall. You know, like uh, little dogs kind of thing. Yeah, it's definitely a complex. Yeah. It's called Napoleon complex. Yeah. There is a word for they that. They bark super crazy. They're always like on edge, like fuck, get out of get, get Yeah, you know how men just like bark super <laughs> crazy. <laughs> I do. I don't know about any other dudes. I'm always oh, barking man. for uh, justice. I, I... <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not a hard and fast rule, okay? If I met like the most amazing person and they were like five nine, you're canceled, Claire. It's too late to double it back. <laughs> <laughs> you're done. It's okay. If this is the if this is how I go, this is how I go. Shade room. If that's if that's the thing that brings my imminent demise, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. If if shitting on DJ academics and thus every short guy catching strays yeah. is how I go, then that's all right. That's oh all my right. god, I just got such a beautiful visual of that. Of just like your tweets hitting dudes in the chest as you fly <laughs> off to canceled <laughs> island or something. <laughs> I think we have oh, our artwork. Man. It's just like short guys bending back like Neo yes. from the Matrix, like <laughs> dodging tweets. God, if I had the editing ability for that, I swear to God, I would spend a whole day on it. All I need is a leather trench coat. That's all I need. God. Damn, I wish I had thought of this in time for it to be a Halloween costume. That's amazing. What Alas. are you doing as for, what are you going as for Halloween? I feel like I should keep it a surprise until We're gonna tell Halloween people after? Episode. Okay. All right. Oh, you're right. Because the next episode is until after yeah, Halloween. Exactly. This is a long episode, by the way. I wonder if anyone's still. Oh, we can cut it. Um, I'm. I'm. If my costume arrives in time, I'm going to be Marty McFly. Okay. From Back to right. the Future, and I haven't figured out what to do with my hair to make it Marty McFlyish because I'm definitely not cutting it off, and I'm too cheap <laughs> by a wig. Sure. So I think I might just try and do like a buffant, like Hell the yeah. fucking Kardashians used That's to cool. do to their hair in the early 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. I am. I'm going, as you know, as Kareem Abdul Jafar, <laughs> and um, <laughs> it just yeah, it came to me in seconds, um, in in therapy. As does as it, it came as, to me. As great ideas do come to you, <laughs> and people keep going like, "Oh, but are you going to shave your head?" I'm like, "Listen to what I said, Kareem Abdul Jafar. It's perfect, right? Because it's got my height and yeah. all that stuff. And Jafar wears a hat. Okay, he wears a mm -hmm. big ass hat." So I'm covered. Isn't it a turban, technically? I don't know. I ordered the costume and it was a big hat. Oh. So yeah, I'm wearing a hat uh, <laughs> and some, you know, short, 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 short Laker shorts and the whole thing. So I get to show off my gams. This costume is Amazing. a one. You love your legs. I love my legs. I do. I feel like we've we've spent a decent amount of time talking about your long and my legs. Ass. I do. I do love them both. I'll be honest with you. Okay. Just saying. Just saying. I mean, since you don't have the short man complex, you're you're free to um, just embrace your body. My legs are as tall as most men. Just my legs. <laughs>
And with that, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, this has been another scintillating episode. I hope you enjoyed yourselves. I um, hope you have an amazing Halloween. And we Boo. will see you next week. Boo. <laughs> Boo. Bye. <laughs> Spooky. <laughs> Thank you.